What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. Amron, we're bringing the energy today. We got my top 24 running backs for week eight of the fantasy football season. We're going to go through each and every single one of these running backs, what tier I have them in for this week. And then I'm even going to highlight four or five of them that I want to do a deep dive on that are my must starts of the week. Now, before we get into that, make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like. We're at like 6.7K right now. If we could hit 7.5K by like Christmas, I'd be a happy, happy man. Now, if you want access to every single one of these rankings, my wide receiver, running back, flex, PPR, standard, 0.5 PPR, all of that good stuff, that'll be on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. Now, without further ado, let's go. Thirsty, thirsty, try to choose. I mean, I know I'm critical. At the first overall spot as the only man in our S tier is Derrick Henry in Indianapolis. The matchup doesn't matter. The guy is the RB1 on the season. He's averaging 26.7 PPR points per game. The guy is a monster. There's really not much else that I need to add on top of that for you guys to understand why he is RB1 for the week, which then brings us to our RB2 of the week, the first running back in A tier. We have Dalvin Cook in a really juicy matchup at home against Dallas. That's going to be the Sunday night game, I think. And I want as many players in this game as possible. It has the highest over-under of the week at 54 and a half. It's going to be a shootout. A lot of touchdowns will be scored. The Cowboys are allowing the 10th most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. I think Dalvin Cook, you know, he was injured on and off. He was kind of dealing with whatever injury, you know, kind of holding him back ever so slightly. But then he got the bye week. I think he's going to be refreshed. And this is probably going to be where he comes out here and dominates, which brings us to number three. Aaron Jones, my first start of the week. Now, this is fairly obvious, right? But I wanted to mention him as my start of the week because Packers have nobody. Devontae Adams. or As of right now, Devontae Adams isn't flying with the team because of COVID. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is still on injured reserve. Alan Lazard is, Alan Lazard is on the COVID list. They're out there. They're going to be running with Equinemius St. Brown, Robert Tunyon as their main pass catching options, which means Aaron Jones is going to have a monster day. Since 2018, he has averaged 26.3 points per game in the six games without Devontae Adams, as opposed to 16.6 points per game during that span with Devontae Adams. When Devontae Adams is gone, Aaron Jones comes into this Alvin Kamara type role where he becomes more receiver than running back and kind of just becomes this overall playmaker for the offense where he gets involved in the receiving game. He is the only goal line threat. And then I also want to add in there, Aaron Jones top three play for this week. And then on top of that, he didn't make the top 24, but AJ Dillon is a very solid RB3 slash flex play this week because I think that they're going to rely on their running backs to score points, to get yardage, all of that good stuff. Now, I just want to make it clear, we're going to go through our top 24 on this rankings list today. I feel like I forgot to mention it earlier on, which then brings us to Austin Eckler at home against New England. He has the second highest points per game right now among running backs with 21 0.5 points per game so there's really not much that needs to be said i think maybe even rb4 is a bit too low for him there's six point favorites at home against new england i'd say he's like a near lock to score a touchdown it's not exactly the game script you want for eckler as a you know a pass catching back that kind of thrives off negative game scripts but he has showed this year that he is such a baller such a you know kind of like bell cow type running back that he isn't in a role anymore where he thrives off of negative game scripts or where he needs negative game scripts to thrive in fantasy at RB5, we have Alvin Kamara in an extremely tough matchup 
at home against Tampa Bay, they are pretty much a pass funnel defense where their front seven just suffocates the run defense or, or the run offense. They have Indomic and Sue. They have Pierre Paul. The rookie always is amazing. Their two linebackers are freaks, Levante David and Devin White. And it opens things up for the passing game. But I, I kind of am buying into this idea with Alvin Kamara that they had the bye week. He comes out here and gets 10 catches for 128 yards and a touchdown. That's his highest receiving output of the season. I don't think it's a coincidence. I think that this is probably, you know, him and Sean Payton met up in the back and we're like, all right, this is kind of nonsense. We're throwing all these passes to Adam Troutman and Traquan Smith and these dudes that can't really ball and Marquez Callaway. We should probably be getting most of our, our targets, our pass attempts to Alvin Kamara, the best player on the team. So we need to see a couple more games, but we could see Alvin Kamara in this crazy role where he comes out here and gets, you know, five six seven eight catches a game and becomes you know a all-purpose not that he's not already an all-purpose player but a guy that is a threat for 10 catches 128 yards and a touchdown not once every season but once you know every couple of games he could hit that mark if they really scheme him in that way so tampa bay is going to force them to throw we could see him post another game with 10 catches 100 plus yards and a touchdown through the air Never mind whatever he does on the ground. Then we have the last running back in A tier. That's Jonathan Taylor at home against the Tennessee Titans. And it's pretty simple. Jonathan Taylor is averaging 24.2 PPR points per game since week four. I believe he's the RB2 in that span. He's been on a, on a hot streak. Just an absolute tear at this point. It's not even a great matchup at home against Tennessee, but they're, they're home. And he keeps getting, he keeps setting a season high snap share every single week. So, you know, it climbs from like, he was at like, 55% snap share, then 59, then 65, then 67. They keep on using him more and they keep on winning more games. So I think that they're going to keep on, you know, relying on Jonathan Taylor. He's been super efficient. They, he keeps getting touches on the high end teens and he's just turning that into like 100 plus yards and a touchdown every single week. Obviously, you got to play him. Then we're moving down to B tier. I would call these guys, you know, kind of still, you know, mid range RB1s, back end RB1s for this week. You want to get them in your lineup. And our second must start of the week is our first running back in this tier, DeAndre Swift. He saw really encouraging usage last week. He saw 73% of the snaps, 21 touches. That's fine, right? That's what he's kind of been getting, but in a close game script. Swift is known as this garbage time running back. And it's not a bad thing. This is what we wanted with DeAndre Swift. We knew they're going to be behind in games in Detroit. They're going to be in these negative game scripts where they're going to be passing to DeAndre Swift and their running backs a ton. But this game against the Rams was close for whatever reason. And even though Detroit never trailed by more than a possession until the last minute, they gave him 21 touches, a 73% snapshot. His usage didn't go down. It actually went up, even though it wasn't a game scripter. They were getting just absolutely killed, which is really good because that just shows that they want to get their playmaker the ball regardless of game script. So that kind of gives DeAndre Swift this role where we don't have to rely on them being behind by a billion points or him to be a fine fantasy asset and i think that now in a game that's going to be pretty close they're home dogs they're only three and a half point dogs at home in detroit against the eagles the eagles are allowing the fifth most fantasy points to opposing running backs i think deandre Swift is going to absolutely tear that defense apart and his touches and his volume is going to be absolutely fine even in a close game script then at rb8 we have ezekiel elliott in minnesota so this is the other side of that game where we talked about with dalvin cook where we want as many pieces of this game as possible there's gonna be 54 and a half point over under the it's supposed to be the biggest shootout of the slate the vikings are allowing the 13th most fantasy points to opposing running backs so nothing too crazy but i'd be absolutely shocked if ezekiel elliott doesn't have you know 
He like first touchdown Ezekiel Elliott prompts. I'm going to be probably hammering that all day long. I love Ezekiel Elliott to score a touchdown in this game, which then brings us to Najee Harris at RB nine in Cleveland. I don't love the matchup, right? So Cleveland's the third toughest rush DVOA defense, but we know Najee Harris is going to get his touches. There's no one out there that is going to give him any kind of competition. And then he's also had three top 12 finishes in his last three games before the bye. So he's been extremely efficient. He has a very high floor. I like him. I think RB9 might even be a little bit too low for Najee Harris, which then brings us to C tier. This is going to be the fringe RB1s this week. And a guy that I really like is James Robinson because we want to follow the usage, the volume, the usage. And shout out to the two resources that I really like to look at for usage is the utilization report that's on PFF by Dwayne McFarland. Really, really informative dude probably like I, I kind of feel weird calling him up and comer but he's been really making his uh mark over there at pff and then ben gritch stealing signals they both do a really good job of like tracking players and you know kind of what they're doing in terms of you know passing game goal line work all that good stuff and james robinson was deployed as an absolute bell cow in week six right before the buy so i think that people are kind of forgetting about it a little bit but he outtouched carlos hyde 20 to 0 Urban Meyer finally kind of realized, you know, let's get our studs the balls, right? So James Robinson got all of his touches. Marvin Jones, LaVisca Chenault dominated the targets, the snaps at wide receivers. Now we're just kind of hoping that that stays consistent. And Seattle is allowing the fourth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. So I think James Robinson is going to have a more than fine week in week eight, which then brings us to Darrell Henderson in Houston, my third start of the week. And I think he bounces back after kind of a disappointing game in week seven versus the lions now when i come out here and i say you know the dallas vikings game is a 54 and a half point over under we want players in that game look sometimes the under hits sometimes you know they score 40 points and in this game darrell henderson we wanted darrell henderson because they were like i think like minus 17 and a half minus 20 something crazy against the lions so we assumed you know they'd go in there and just absolutely run the ball down their throats after being up 20 points the Lions actually played them pretty tough after that DeAndre Swift screen in the first quarter, and it never got to a spot where we wanted it. So it was actually a pretty close game. And instead of getting all those rush attempts, he actually got a lot of passing volume to Rell Henderson, but it just didn't equate to fantasy points. He had six targets, but only turned it into three catches for 19 yards. So just kind of an unlucky day from that point of view. He is still the bell cow on this team. He led all RBs last week with an 89% snap share. They're 14 and a half point favorites against Houston in Houston. I doubt that they play it close. I mean, Tyrod Taylor might give them a little bit of trouble, but if, if Vegas is setting the line at 14 and a half, you have to believe that they're probably going to be up by double digits for a lot of the game. So it's kind of the same bet where we're hoping that they beat up on the Houston Texans and then Darrell Henderson just kind of chews out the game at the end here and benefits from a great game script. Our next running back on the list, running back 12 is Nick Chubb at home against Pittsburgh. Now, this is a tough play to gauge because Nick Chubb is extremely talented. And I think as soon as he is healthy, ready to go, and Kareem Hunt is not in the lineup, he's pretty much a, a locked and loaded top six play. But there's two things going on here. We have a Case Keenum-led Browns versus Pittsburgh. It's going to be tough against this defense. And it's just going to depend on how much usage they give Nick Chubb after this injury. We don't know how much Dearness Johnson we're going to see. I'm not even saying that Dearness Johnson is going to get a ton of work. But with Nick Chubb coming off injury, we're not sure how much they're going to use him and they're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I'm going to be a little bit conservative this week, have him at RB12. You're still firing him up in your lineup, but I'm not going to put him, you know, in A tier or S tier. Our last running back in C tier is Joe Mixon 
in New York. Now, he only saw 50% of the snaps last week, and I think a little bit of that was that they beat up on the Ravens, they pulled their starters, but he still seeded some snaps and some passing down work to Samaj P. Ryan. So I'm not sure if he's still dealing with that injury that he, you know, he missed, I want to say one game. He missed one game earlier on in the season. He's kind of coming back, fighting injury, and it's a really good matchup. But like I said, the workload hasn't been there since he got hurt. The Jets allow the most fantasy points in the game. The Jets allow the most fantasy points in the league to opposing running backs. The Cincinnati Bengals are an absolute heater. They should kill them. But like I said, with the workload concerns, I think Joe Mixon's probably going to be somewhere in like the 12 to 15 carries for, you know, 50 to 70 yards and a touchdown. I said that's about reasonable for where Joe Mixon is at. Actually, my bad. The actual last running back in this tier is Cordero Patterson my next start of the week patterson's usage out of the bye was genuinely wild he saw 14 carries to mike davis's four carries he is you know he is now the rb1 mike davis is now his little brother you know mike davis now sets up his locker room gets his jersey ready for Cordell patterson Cordell patterson is now that guy and he not only saw more carries right so now he's the rb1 but he's also seeing more routes which is crazy he ran the most routes that he has seen all season and he's playing the most snaps he's ever seen. He's playing 73% of the snaps. He's running the most routes he's ever ran. He beat out Mike Davis 14 carries to four. He is being used in this pretty crazy role and is now the RB1 in, in Atlanta with like, he's he's kind of getting like a, you know, like kind of like an Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara type workload, e even more so in the passing game. And now, obviously the talent's not there. That's why he's RB14 for the week, but he's looked amazing. And this is an, an overly great matchup against the Carolina Panthers. They're actually pretty good against the run. But given the usage and the volume that Patterson just saw, we should see this still, like we could even see this be on a trajectory even higher because it keeps on climbing. His snaps, his touches, they all keep climbing. So if we just have to kind of stay ahead of the market here and I have him as a must start RB2 for week eight. At the top of D tier, we have Darrell Williams for the Kansas City Chiefs playing at home against the new york giants this is such a tough game to gauge like this this should just be a game where the chiefs just absolutely run wild on the giants but they've been so unpredictable lately and the giants are one of those teams i really like daniel jones i swear to god daniel jones i'm a jets fan so i'm not out here like being a homer if anything i should hate daniel jones i actually think that daniel jones is a pretty good quarterback he's looked really good i love the way he looked in the washington game i like the way he looked in the game i can't remember what the other one was but he hasn't looked awful this week and the Giants might even have they might have Saquon, Kadarius Tony, Kenny Galladay and Sterling Shepard all back this week. I could be wrong on Kenny Galladay, Galladay, but he's he's meant to have a bunch of his weapons back. But with Darrell Williams, he saw every rush attempt last week and the Giants allow the seventh most fantasy points to opposing running back. So the Chiefs in theory, they should come out here probably put away the Giants pretty handedly and Darrell Williams could get some rush attempts, some maybe a touchdown. Now, obviously, it's hard to predict these games, especially with the Chiefs being so unreliable. That's why I have him at RB15, but I think that he gets the workload, and I think I think at some point, the Chiefs have to bounce back. Then we have Leonard Fournette, RB16 in New Orleans, and he has a tough matchup against the second-best rush DVOA. They are known as a pass funnel. They're going to give you a lot of problems up front. Leonard Fournette has been a top 14 running back in the last three weeks. If it was against anything other than New Orleans, he'd probably be like almost a fringe top 12 play. And the crazy part is that his usage actually actually was a little bit concerning this week. They they killed the Chicago Bears, which means that that kind of opened the door for Ronald Jones a little bit. Ronald Jones comes in, he gets 10 carries, but he fumbles on the goal line. So this is still Leonard Fournette's job. It is insane how much Ronald Jones is absolutely throwing out here, just absolutely throwing away dollars and money and, and rush attempts. It's crazy. 
which then brings us to RB17, Damian Harris. He's going to be in Los Angeles against the Chargers, and he has a tough game script as a six-point dog against the Chargers, right? So he's kind of a running back where he's a between-the-tackles guy. He's not a pass catcher. You want him in positive game scripts like last week where they just go absolutely crazy on the Jets, put up 50-plus points. This week's going to be a little bit different, but the Chargers do allow the second-most fantasy points to opposing running backs. He has had back-to-back 100-yard games on the ground. I think that he is a fine mid-range RB2 in a point in the season where things are kind of getting a little bit thin in that area. And when I say a little bit thin, we're talking about the guys like like a Chuba Hubbard, guys that you're just kind of plucking off waivers. A lot of these guys in this tier, like a Darrell Williams, like a Chuba Hubbard, these are the guys you pluck off waivers, shove in your starting lineup, plug your nose and hope for something great, right? There, this is nothing sexy about Chuba Hubbard. It's not a great matchup with Atlanta. Donald has been so bad that we don't know if this offense can even operate at this point, but there's this, there's this hope that Sam Donald maybe bounces back. He's been really bad these past three games. He was really good the first four. Maybe we can find some kind of middle ground here and... This is a game where it's it's in the dome in Atlanta. We can maybe get one of these NFC South shootouts that we've kind of seen in years past. He has paths to that upside, but regardless, he's going to get the, the majority of the workload. I think he is going to be fine this week as an RB2, which then brings us to Elijah Mitchell, who had a great week last week. He had 18 rushes for 107 yards and a touchdown. He looked really good. He's the clear lead rusher ahead of Trey Sermon, ahead of Kyle Juszczyk. He did see some of the, the passing down work to Jamichael Hasty, but this team runs so much that it's not a huge deal. Elijah Mitchell will probably be higher than RB19 if it wasn't for this this just ugly game. They're going to be in Chicago. They have the lowest over-under of the entire slate at 39.5. There's not going to be a lot of scoring. This could be a game where the 49ers get out ahead and they just rely on the run game, but we've also seen the 49ers aren't that good to the point where they can just beat beat up on bad teams and get out to leads. So they haven't done that yet. So, so for now, he'll be RB19 at the end of D tier, which then brings us to our last tier of the day, E tier, which is just going to be kind of our, our fringe RB2s. You know, some of them are ugly plays, some of them aren't. And the first running back that's going to start us off at RB20 and E tier, E tier, I, I think I just said E tier, but we're going to talk about Antonio Gibson at Denver and it sucks he's RB20 it's kind of depressing at this point he's clearly hurt there's something wrong with his shins I wish that they would kind of just shut him down for a few weeks and just get him back to his normal role but he's essentially just an early down grinder between the tackles guy kind of like Damian Harris but if Damian Harris was hurt and hobbled if that makes sense Uh, it's a neutral game script against Denver it should be a pretty close game Denver's not extremely good or extremely bad at defending the run so it it, is he's kind of just in a matchup at this point you're going to get maybe 10 to 12 carries and just hope for the best. Then we have at RB21, Chase Edmonds at home against Green Bay. That's going to be on the Thursday night game tonight. Chase Edmonds just played a season high snap share, should be in a competitive game script against Green Bay. And I think that he's, he even has upside. I think that I have him at RB21 right now. I might even be a little bit conservative because this game could be pretty close, even though I know Devontae Adams won't be there and all that stuff, but it's still, you know, Packers, Aaron Rodgers, primetime game. Now, Chase Edmonds gets a huge upgrade if D hop doesn't suit up DeAndre Hopkins as of right now is questionable for Thursday night if he doesn't play you could put Chase Edmonds pretty much at the top of D tier as a guy that could be in line for a lot more receptions in this game and kind of have that secret upside that DeAndre Swift type upside so definitely keep an eye out for that next at RB 22 we have Khalil Herbert at home against San Francisco he's the clear bell cow and he'd probably be a top 15 play for me against anybody but the San Francisco 49ers I just don't love this game script Again, lowest over under. There's not going to be a lot of points. 
and the San Francisco 49ers are allowing the least fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. So it's just going to be a really tough environment for him to thrive again. I like Khalil Herbert. I want to play Khalil Herbert. I just think that he is kind of a, a an iffy play this week as a you know back-end RB2. Then we have our last must-start of the week, Devontae Booker in Kansas City. And this is completely predicated on Saquon not being healthy. If Saquon is healthy, throw this out, put Saquon, you know, probably in this spot, maybe even a little bit higher. But with Saquon gone, Devontae Booker handles everything. He handles the every down roll, the goal line work, the pass catching work. And I love Devontae Booker in this game for two reasons, because one, the Chiefs are 31st in rush DVOA. Naturally, he's going to be able to run against them. And then second, if this game gets out of the Giants' hands, right? If the Chiefs actually are the Chiefs and they go out here and they beat up on the Giants, I don't mind his role in garbage time. He gets the passing down work. He gets the goal line work. He's kind of game script proof. He's just not a guy that you want to, you know, put in the top 15 because he's not that talented. Our last running back, RB24, is Kenneth Gainwell. He's going to be in Detroit. And this should be a, a really positive sign for Kenneth Gainwell, right? The Lions allow the six most fantasy points two opposing running backs. The problem is that I'm not overly excited for Gainwell because of the way the Eagles use Kenny Gainwell. Last week, Miles Sanders gets hurt and they only give Kenneth Gainwell a couple carries. Boston Scott outcarried him after Miles Sanders left the game. They're, they're really keyed in on making Kenneth Gainwell just a receiving back. And then they activated Jordan Howard off practice squad. So we could see, you know, Boston Scott and Jordan Howard mix in for between the tackles work while Kenneth Gainwell kind of stays with the role that he had before Miles Sanders injury. Now I'm leaving him at 24 because I do think he has the upside to, you know, win out in practice and kind of, you know, win the coaches over and get some of those between the tackles looks. And on top of that, the Detroit Lions are so bad that he could, you know, just sneak into the end zone because he has gotten goal line attempts in the past. But I'm a little bit cautiously optimistic with Kenneth Gainwell because they didn't give him that all-purpose role that we'd want when Miles Sanders got hurt last week. Now, that's going to do it for us today, fellas. We're going to come back tomorrow with our wide receiver rankings. Now, if you guys want access to all my rankings, make sure you go down below. Check patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. It'll be in the description. It'll be in the comments. And if you enjoyed this video, make sure you leave a like, you subscribe. We're going to be coming out with some fire content. I think in these next these next weeks, I think we're going to come out with i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna crank it up a little bit we're gonna go eight or nine videos a week starting next week we're gonna get some dynasty content on the channel some more rest of season content on the channel so stay and look out for that make sure you're subscribed make sure you leave a like and i'll see you guys in the next one yeah yeah yeah